Hello, and welcome to Dig It. I'm Peter Brown, and hosting the show with me today is Chris Day. Hi, Chris. Hi, Peter. December in the garden. Wow. I know, it's, and it's getting a bit chilly, isn't it, Peter? We've had a few frosts, haven't we? I know my shed roof was white the other yeah. night. I was like, ooh, this yes. is nice. And did you see the moon the other night, Chris? It was rather interesting, wasn't it? I've um, never seen it in real life. I think I've seen a picture of it a few years ago, but it's a moon halo or something like that, I think it's called, where the ice crystals in the mm. upper atmosphere freeze and it, I guess, creates some sort of like rainbow effect off the moon and the reflections. And that's it. You get I, like a massive ring around the moon. It looked great. And of course, Jupiter was literally next door to the, the moon. It was very, very close, wasn't it? Yes, well. no, it's brilliant. I, 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 well, we'll... If you're interested, have a look at the website because I'll post a, mm. uh, my lovely photo of my phone of, the, of and, it. So. And it was a very cold night that night too, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, I think we Definitely. got down to about minus four in, in North Buckinghamshire, so it was chilly. Mm. And I guess, well, good reminder for us if we haven't got things fleeced up yet, mm. yeah. definitely go out and get some fleece and um, word, wrap yes. your slightly tender plants up yeah. because the cold times are coming. That's it. And uh, I suppose, you know, it's quite timely as we're into chilly weather that it is National Tree Planting Week uh, as we as we start the podcast uh, okay. Peter, up to the, yeah. the 25th of November through to the 3rd of December. So it's a time to basically get out there and if you've got a tree to plant or you've got a, a, a project to get off the ground, then do a little bit of research, get your plants sorted and uh, get cracking. And of course, it's quite interesting because this year is quite special because it marks the 50th anniversary of the famous plant a tree in 73 campaign which obviously okay. uh, everybody might remember from those days um and of course it was, I was only two years old at oh, that time oh, chris I, yeah, I, wasn't I, well, <laughs> I was uh yeah i was i was 11 but i don't even know i can't remember that but was it it was plant plant a tree in 73 plant some more in 74 Four. and then it, the, the rhyme went on and it did Got a little bit disparaging about trees dying, so we perhaps we okay. perhaps we need to rewrite the uh, the rule book. But it's a great time. Plants are dormant now, and uh, well, that's uh, it. The yeah. mail order hedging has all come in now at the garden centre. It hasn't has it? indeed. And yes. Yeah. I was looking at the quickthorn mm. last week, and yeah. the leaves are still green. I know. I, I mean, know it's... they're starting to turn and go yellow, so they're obviously starting to go dormant. But I'm guessing the continent's been really warm as well. I think it's followed a very similar pattern to us over here, Peter, as well. And of course, that's an indi- you know indicative of the very mild autumn we've enjoyed up until uh, until you know just a few few days ago. Mm. And um, also on the, on the diary dates uh, between the seventh and the eleventh of December, we've got the Winter Flower Week at the the Garden Museum over in London. Um, it's quite interesting, actually. It's basically five floral designers are going to transform the Garden Museum, which is a really wonderful old building, into an environmentally friendly floral winter wonderland. So if you're in London, it might be worth making your way down to uh, to Lambeth Palace there to see it. Yeah, Lambeth Palace. So I, I was going to say, I think it's near the Tower of London, it is, isn't yeah, it? It is, which yeah, is... Just, just down the road. Yeah, yeah just on the town. <laughs> I'm not so. very good with London geography, <laughs> but brilliant. Good stuff. And um, Friday the 8th of December... Mm. Could be a good afternoon at the Garden Centre. We've got Tim, who we interviewed a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Well, yeah, back in September, wasn't now. it? Yes. Yeah. Um, it, Tim Chafor from Chafor Wines, mm. um, just down the road here. He, he came in to chat to us on the podcast, and now mm. he's coming into the Garden Centre for some tasting. So if you're in the area and you fancy trying some fine mm. English oh, wine, yeah. pop in on Friday the 8th. Uh, between, yeah, 12, 12 noon to 4pm. It should be a good afternoon, shouldn't it? Definitely, yes, yeah. 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 
And uh, throughout the, the months of, of November, well into, into January, the RHS are obviously promoting their glow events. So these are wonderful, magical light shows around their main RHS gardens. Okay, that's where you get to see sort of the lovely trees mm. uplit and uh, oh, all these yeah. mood-enhancing lights and things. Yeah, it, it, it's really interesting. I know the one down in um, Aylesbury Way, the Rothschilds Mansion, mm. that... that Yes. Puts on a good show. Yeah, so that's Wadston, isn't it? Yeah, good. Yeah, Wadston, and then yeah. I think also local to here is Oxford Shears, and you have got Blenheim Palace. Oh, of course, you? yeah, literally, yeah, yeah, down the road from us here. So well worth, uh, well worth a visit. And uh, we'll, again, I'll, I'll post the uh, the links to the various gardens so people can see where when they're own. Uh, but it's it's well worth a go. But you've got to back book in advance for these events, so you can't just turn up on the afternoon, unfortunately. So mm. yeah, yeah. Plant, don't plant. forget to wear your boots because quite oh, often yeah. you're <laughs> tramping through <laughs> the gardens <laughs> yes. in the mud. Indeed. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so I mm. guess that brings us on to top five. Mm. What we've been selling in our spring bulbs. Yes. So this this was an interesting one, Peter. So this is sort of the sales from basically the early. Well, the bulbs come in around about the fourteenth of August, isn't it? That's when yeah. they, the Dutch show, yeah released them to uh, to the UK. Um, so going back in back uh, order, number five was uh, Tulip Purple Rain. One, mm. of, one of the triumph tulips. So there's one of these tulips which will repeat flower. It's it's one of these, you know, good doers. Okay. Is, good, is that uh, a bit like the red robin? That yeah, I yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, the, um, yeah the, the good old riding hoods and all those sort of botanical tulips. They're really good. So it's good that purple red, I suspect the name as well, has something to do with the, the yeah. fact it sells so well. <laughs> uh, number four, hyacinth early forcing. So obviously people keen on, on forcing hyacinths for Christmas and, and beyond. Uh, number three, narcissi mixed. Yep. The larger packs, which obviously good value, so that, uh, and then number two, Amaryllis uh, Dancing Queen. So, this is this wonderful, frilly red and candy white, big triumph type flower. So, big, huge blooms, wonderful for you know, forcing for, for Christmas or into the new year now, perhaps. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we've got some really good varieties this year from Taylor's. I noticed some really good premium size bulbs as well. Mm. Um, so that's good, and that variety's been around for 20 years. Okay. So it's yeah, um, probably not quite as long as the, the, the Dancing Queen is from Abba, but not going far <laughs> off. Not far well. off. Yeah. And then number one, which I'm not surprised at all, Peter, because I think it's such a good doer, uh, Narcissi Tate I Tate. Yeah, well, it's yeah. a lovely dwarf. Mm. Yeah. Perfect look. I mean, when I think of a daffodil, mm. that's yeah. the one you picture in your mind, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's always. A good flower, a multi-headed, am I? Yeah, it is, yeah. So and it's, you get it's multi-stemmed flowers. Multi-stemmed, that's yeah. it, yeah. And it's so versatile, you can put it into pots, you can grow it indoors, you can put, even put it in hanging baskets and it doesn't look out of place. Mm. Uh, and, of course, the, the flowers, because they're small, I always think they seem to last longer. I don't know, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good, uh, definitely a good little uh, dwarf um, daffodil. And... Uh, I think we're still just about time mm. well, to get tu- them. If you're really quick, yes. get your bulbs in now, yeah. you get away with it. I mean, tulips you'd probably be okay with, mm-hmm. but yeah. weather snowdrops and... Yeah, it's going to get a little bit little bit late for those. But, you know, you, you know, you, you go around garden centres and, you know, you pick up these sort of bargains at this time of the year. As long as the bulbs are in good heart, as long as they're fairly firm and they're not starting to sprout, you should be absolutely fine. Mm, okay, so maybe get some bulbs in for Christmas then. Indeed, yes, indeed. So, what's been in the news this month then, Chris? I guess first story for us mm-hmm. to think about is or discuss is the Adam Frost and 
Gardner's World Live at the mm. NEC. Yes. Sounds like he's up to something exciting. It does. It's this time of the year, Peter, they start to basically divulge what gardens we can expect to see during the summer, which is yep. which is great. And, uh, yeah, it's good to see Adam Frost back. I mean, he's, Adam's quite... Uh, Popular, it's been popular over the years at the Chelsea Flower Show in Hampton Court, but I don't know if this is his first one at uh, the NEC. But it looks interesting, it's got quite a nice theme, hasn't it? Mm, yeah, definitely. I mean, a theme close to my heart about eating food. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a chef's, what's he calling it? A chef's garden table, is it? That's so, it, yes, that's it, yeah. Um, uh, which, yeah, uh, at the end of the day, I think my personal experience, and I'm sure loads of our listeners' experiences, mm. Is homegrown yeah. veg? Oh and God, yeah. Fruit yeah. is the best. It's yeah, and to always be able, good. Yeah, to, to to grow something you know from scratch, even if it's just a few potatoes or a few raspberries or strawberries, there's nothing quite like the flavour and the enjoyment and the satisfaction, isn't it? Of, yeah, of exactly well. that. And yeah. The, yeah, the taste fundamentally is. It, they might not quite look perfect. No, but they generally taste a lot better uh, than the ones you get in the supermarket. That's right, and it's interesting because um, obviously Gardeners World Live now also links into the Good Food Show at the same time. Yeah. So that's quite good because it then it gives you you know you can you're showcasing how to grow your produce, but also how to use them in the kitchen as well. So uh, mm. yeah, well, should we look, look forward to seeing. Uh, Adam's uh, creation, uh, was he back in, in June of 2024? That's it. And Greenpeace, mm, this... not something you normally expect to read in the same um, sentence as gardening, but no. um, they, yeah, you know, they, they've done a freedom of information request mm-hmm. about how many people are waiting for allotments. Mm. Yeah, it's and quite it, it's interesting. It, it's isn't it? staggering, yeah. actually, isn't it? Yeah, so basically, they. They sh- the, the data they've def- a bit, which has been uh, released is that there are at least 174,183 applications uh, basically sitting with local authorities across the whole of the, of the UK. Mm. So that's and that has basically doubled in number since uh, 2011. And um, your yeah. average waiting time is three years. years yeah. With some of the. the People having to wait up to 15 yeah. years for an allotment. That's I mean, that's just, I mean, that's horrendous, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, it, it really does put a, a spell out. And the, the, the waiting list, um, yeah, I mean, the, I think at the top of the, the score there was, was it Sunderland City Council? And uh, and then some of the, the, the less ones, uh, actually, Richmond upon Thames and Lewisham in London. So you'd expect they'd have actually larger waiting lists. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, quite a quite an interesting read, actually, isn't it? Without a doubt, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, allotments are great open spaces mm. that you can rent relatively cheaply. And yep. if you haven't got a massive garden with enough space to grow mm-hmm. vegetables, it's a perfect place that you can go to. Mm. Do uh, do some gardening, yeah. But, and, yeah, and and locally as well. Some allotments offer you know sort of half plots, don't they, or even quarter plots. So yeah. that's a good way. So if you if you do want to get on waiting list, maybe if you're if you if you're new, then maybe just be uh, put your name down for a <laughs> half, half plot. Because yeah. they do take yeah, a bit of work. I mean, my yeah. allotments um, thirty meters. It's ten poles. Ten poles, right? Okay. Uh, um, which I think is uh, yeah, it's thirty odd meters mm. long, and it's about I would say ten meters wide, eight meters wide. And it's a Good old space. I mean, you yeah. can grow masses down there. And yeah. I'm very blessed to have one. So, yeah, yeah I'd yeah. say if you haven't got space in your house, then put your name on an allotment waiting list and yeah. hopefully in a few years' time you'll get one. Well, yeah, if not before. Mm. <laughs> yes, indeed, yes. 
And um, on the, the subject of, of, of plants, there's um, a, a news story in the, uh, the Garden News uh, magazine um, saying that nearly half, scientists have suggested nearly half the known species could face extinction. This is quite a, a scary story. Right. And uh, it's basically, they're, they're reckoning it's obviously part of the, the nature emerg- uh, emergency. And it's obviously a report developed by Kew Gardens, Botanic Gardens there, of the state of the world. And uh, basically they work with over, you know, over 200 scientists to come up with all this data. And uh, it doesn't make particularly good reading. And uh, it is a little bit... Uh, little it's bit very scary, scary, isn't scary, it? Yeah. I mean, there's a massive number of yeah. plants. Yeah, and, and, you know, when you... you know, I mean, I've been watching the wonderful um, Planet Earth 3, yep. I think, with Sir David Attenborough, when he makes regular... I mean, his regular recommend, you know, suggestions about global warming and chi- climate change, then I suppose this makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, that our, our climate is changing and we are losing so many different uh, species... Um, not of our own making, unfortunately. Mm. And, uh, but also, uh, yeah, yeah, saying current rates, it could take more uh, forty years to mm. name all the new plants that could be extinct by then. So, yeah. the fact is that we haven't even got round to naming That's... all the plants in this uh, world, and yet yeah. we're killing them before they've even been sort of analysed by scientists. That's but... it. Yeah, yeah. It just makes you wonder about priorities in, in, in the world, doesn't it? But uh, mm. I think, you know, they need to be, obviously, they suggest that they uh, better co- uh, coordination between the botanical and the research there on, on taxa and regions so we get a better picture of what is actually happening. Um, yeah, they need to really buckle down and make sure that's done. Uh, time is of the essence, as they say. It's going to take them a little bit of time, though, Chris. Mm, it is, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've seen a bit about fungus. To yeah. date, there's some um, 155,000 species of fungus mm-hmm. have been identified. However, estimates based on DNA analysis suggest there's about two and a half million. Wow! Gosh. I mean, I know fungi are really important to <laughs> yes, us, and they are, all indeed. the sort of symbiotic fungi mm-hmm. that live in the soil that help all the plants capture water and nutrients and all those Indeed. sorts of things yeah. but yeah two and a half million different types so <laughs> it is literally the tip of the iceberg isn't it mm. yeah uh, so but, well we'll see how that pans out it I is, guess. indeed and, and the great thing is that those sort of research they, we are updated regularly they do like to keep us informed whether that's i think that's a good thing to be honest with you because we need to put a sense of realism to uh, to those figures mm. and um well, it, the peat debate continues to rumble along, Peter. Um, yeah, as ever. As ever, yeah. And I think the uh, there was quite a lot of discussion in the, the gardening trade. Um, I think the HTA and uh, the, uh, the GCA. Uh, GCA and the RHS. Yeah. Everybody's been gunning at the fact that it wasn't mentioned in the Queen's speech. So King's speech. The Queen's speech, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so why wasn't it mentioned? No one's quite sure because obviously you have to set. Obviously that is the way of setting the, the process of uh, of parliamentary um, acrim, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What's um, happening and yeah, what yeah. we're going to have? What new laws and things might come yeah. into existence? Yeah. So hopefully we will get a bit more of an involved uh, questions on that. I think it has been. I think Horticulture Week magazine is is looking into investigating it further. So okay. we need to, yeah, we need to know more. Well, there's happen. sort of rumours in the trade that it's going to be pushed back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not in the speech. It kind of says, well, maybe, maybe that's why. why. Yeah. Um, but we shall see. I mean, at yeah, the end yeah. of the day, yeah. if we've got some good alternatives, mm-hmm. that's Which what we really we need. need. And yeah. if we haven't, then yeah. Yeah. we'll see. Yeah, uh, but, uh, 
but there's obviously a lot of growers. But it's interesting. The the RHS have they've um, they've really taken this to heart because obviously they're going obviously peat free too. But they're trying to initiate a list of nurseries who obviously produce plants for for the RHS, but also produce them for home gardeners. Which these nurseries are completely peat free. When when I say completely peat free, they don't use it in any form of their propagation as well. Okay. So this is a list which is going to be quite interesting. So people can make an informed choice when they're buying the plants that they know they know that no peat has been used in the production. Because obviously, what? Well, that's it. If you're getting a plug plant that's peat, yeah, yeah. even though it based and the seeds have grown in that, and then it gets transplanted into a bigger pot, and yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's more difficult. An interesting like, debate, that yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. if you've got a list of totally peat-free mm. growers, then... It's, it's useful, isn't it? It's a good. useful start, isn't it? Mm. And uh, yeah, we'll, I'm sure we're going to keep be kept updated on a, a regular basis. But there is one grower uh, who's been sort of pointed out now to be completely 100% peat-free, and that's Greenwood Plants. And they're, um, they're a big specialist. They supply a lot of plants to the amenity trade, so that's for, for parks and amenity planting. So... Okay. Um, yeah, not necessary to garden centres. So again, it's a different route where plants have to be produced in quantity, uh, but they're yeah. now one hundred, yeah, hundred percent peat free, and they've just won the the peat free grower of the year award, Horticultural Trades Association award. So that's good credentials, isn't it? That mm. they're, they're moving in the right direction. Well, I think if you've got the right crop, mm. it can be done. It's yeah. not always the case with some of the <laughs> harder species of mm. plants, but certainly the, if. Mm. 75% could be grown easily and peat-free, then why yes. shouldn't we have those Indeed, available to yeah. the public? And I do I do feel sorry because obviously a lot of our growers producing plants for the garden centre. Um, I mean, we have a really good perennial producer, Chapel Cottage Plants. They, chatting to them, they, they say that they've had to tweak their formulation of peat-free for the crop they're growing. So they've yep. up, And that obviously takes time and money and, and organisation. So there is a cost to this, which as I suspect has to be passed on to... To us uh, as, a, as, a, as a retailer, which mm. means that the customer unfortunately has to pick up the bill too. So, mm. yeah. And moving on to hotter topics. Oh, <laughs> I hear there's a new chili in the hood, or mm. in America, there is anyway. Yeah. So, Ed Curry, um, founder, well named. <laughs> Ed, Ed Curry, founder of Pucker Bucket Pepper Company. Has crossed a Carolina Reaper, which, from my understanding, is mm. the hottest one in the world at the moment. moment isn't yes, apparently so. Yes, with another breed, and he's created a new brutally hot pepper, which his old Carolina Reapers, or, or should I say, Carolina Reapers, normally hit the Scoville scale at 1.64 million mm-hmm. units um this new one's 2.693 million lordy that's hot hot units yeah. um yeah. but yeah the yeah. description after he's only he's one of a few people in the world who's ever eaten a whole yes. carolina reaper and he's eaten one of his new ones and it Mm. The description of what happens afterwards isn't great, yes, is it? Yeah, I mean, he says here, after trying the pepper, only one of the five people uh, ate a whole one. Ed reported that the whole um, the feeling of the heat for three and a half hours. He said then the cramps came and I had to lay flat on the marble wall uh, for approximately an hour in the rain, 
groaning in pain. Mm. So, yeah, there yeah. you go. We, we don't recommend no, eating don't these Don't try peppers. that at home, please. <laughs> <laughs> but he is going to yeah. hopefully release it for mm. some sauces. So Mr. Wow. Reggae Reggae Sauce might like some Definitely. to spice yeah. his yeah. ones up. And uh, it's called Pepper X, which I suppose yeah. in view of the fact that uh, Twitter went to a, an X, <laughs> seems a bit appropriate. And, of course, it is now a world Guinness record, So, mm. uh, which is which is great, isn't it? But uh, yeah. Well, for those of you who like hot peppery foods... Definitely it's fantastic. Me, I'll but pass. I, I think I'll, I definitely will pass on that. But uh, yeah, well, well done to. It's a good Ed. story yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, well known too. Good old Ed Curry. Mm. And uh, going from from the uh, sublime <laughs> to something a little bit more sensible here with uh, good old Hillier's nurseries. Of course, Hillier's world famous for producing those wonderful plants and involved in bringing lots of new plants to the, to the gardening world over mm, the years. But they're celebrating their 160th anniversary next year. Indeed, which is incredible, isn't it? That, which is fantastic. fantastic. That's yeah, a really yeah. long legacy yes, of yeah. growing plants, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, so basically the, the, the chairman, Robert Hillier, is eventually standing down from his position um, and it's going to be t- handed over to his son, George Hillier, who will take uh, the role of chairman from uh, the 1st of January 2024. So, you know, the company continues from, from strength to strength. Yeah, and uh, stays in the Hillier family, which is fantastic. Yes, yeah. So wish them the best of luck with that. And I was going to say, Peter, if anybody is out and about, you know, true December and you want to see a really good winter garden, then Romsey, which is the Hillier Arboretum yep. down in Hampshire, is well worth a visit. I can highly okay. recommend it. It's a Excellent. fantastic place. If you want to see winter plants... Uh, grown to uh, amazing quality, but also to get great ideas for your own garden too. Fantastic. Thanks for that, Chris. And what are we on to now? Double Gema winner? Oh, right, yes, which is... Treadstone gloves? Well, mm. I mean, we've been selling their gloves for a while and yeah. they've brought out a new range of gloves made out of recycled materials. Which, which are really nice. They're really co- very colourful. Have you they? tried them? I did try them, Bob, actually. Okay, I've, yeah. I've not actually seen them yet. Yeah, yeah. I know I, I asked for them to be bought in, yeah, yeah, but I haven't yeah, actually yeah. seen them yet. Yeah. That's good. And, and they also do a jute rope trellis, mm. which I know Elliot did a nice display of yes. back in the spring when yeah. we first had it in. It looks really good. Really nice. I think it's a really good product. It's, I mean, it's, it shouts sustainability all over the place, doesn't it? Definitely. It, it, and yeah. I'm guessing mm. it'd be a lot easier yeah. to hang. If you've got a big mm. old bit of wooden trellis, yeah. you've got to either put it on posts or screw it to something yeah. or whereas, what have you. Whereas this, a couple of little hooks and... Off you go. Yeah. Off you go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it looks so so, and it's so naturalistic as well. It just mm. it just sits perfectly in the in the garden situation. But uh, no, and uh, they, I say they've won a, a sustainability award uh, through Gimma, which is the uh, it's the Garden Trade uh, Awards, isn't it? Which is yep. a, an important one for for any any products you see in garden centres up and down the country. Uh, the suppliers basically put them in for these um, prestigious awards, and uh, well done to Tre- Treadstone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the Chelsea Garden. Mm. Yes. Designs have been released for yeah. next year. So this is quite exciting. So um, obviously we, we see the Chelsea Flower Show on our TV screens in the third week in May, but basically they're released, all the details of the the, um, uh, the, the garden designer and the, maybe the sponsor and uh, some usually some really good uh, design artwork is put together with a, a bit of a breakdown of what the garden is about, whether it's sustainability or wildlife. 
Um, so those have been released now. So if people go to the, uh, the go to our show page, we'll have the, the links to the RHS to find a little bit more about these amazing gardens and how they'll unfold over the next uh, few months. Mm, yeah, because there's a mm. bit of controversy about the children's garden and whether it was the first one that yeah. Chelsea were ever going to have but uh, yeah I mean we the, won't delve too much into the controversies no. yet and then there's Tom yeah. Stuart Smith returning and mm. fantastic um, designer yep and Marie Powell who mm. is doing a national trust garden yes yeah uh, it's going to be called the Octavia Hill Garden named after Octavia Hill who of course was one of the founders of the national trust back in the in 1838 so mm. uh, and then you've got a, a nice mixture of, of the, the sort of charity gardens the uh, the national autistic society muscular dystrophy uh, and also climate change gardens peter as well which i think is water be aid yeah. water yeah retention yeah they're yeah, all yeah, there yeah, it's going to be a good good show i think this year i think it is yes so plenty sorry i'll say that again a good show next year next year indeed <laughs> getting my years model up <laughs> yeah no, it's good brilliant and just one other little thing on, on the RHS, um, they have opened their very first standalone shop. So obviously we're familiar with RHS shops. If you go to the gardens, they're usually a, a, people make a beeline for those after they've walked around the gardens and perhaps had a, a cheeky coffee or cake in mm. the, the restaurants. But they're, um, they're actually going in and venturing into the... the they're uh, breaking uh, into retail. Retail, <laughs> in a big, on the high street. Yeah, yeah, yeah or on the, the high street yeah, now, yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, this first one's at Blue Water Shopping Centre, which is an amazing place just over in, in Kent there. And uh, they, the, the reason for developing the, this first of perhaps many is the increase, obviously, in houseplants, because obviously houseplants, sales of, of rocketeers, we've uh, fallen in love again with our uh, foliage houseplants and flowering plants. Mm. And uh, obviously they've seen a... Uh, obviously an increase a on gap that. in the market yeah, and they're thinking it yeah so it's almost like a, a florist shop but with a, a more rhs base i would have thought is probably mm. the best way of describing it yes but interesting so, go and have a look around indeed yeah cool and snap up rare heritage seeds yes so as we're in december people start thinking about seed sowing next month don't they peter so yeah um yeah it's uh sue sue kent who's one of the obviously regular presenters on gardeners world she's basically um, suggested that a couple of varieties she's been growing uh the bright purple uh bean q blue uh, which was apparently handed down for by three generations gardeners uh and also a a, a, a lettuce asparagus which i've never seen before actually I've, I've never come across that plant at all that's one uh, which uh, she's, she's been highlighting as well and basically it's if you are a member of the, the garden heritage or the, the garden organics heritage seed driver you can take advantage of ordering six packs of seeds with your membership which is rather good and this we're running up to christmas it might be a nice little mm. christmas present for somebody who's well, uh, it's a good way to get, yeah. give someone you know who's into mm. gardening a a amazing membership sort of club membership mm. to be fair garden organic are very very good at Indeed. what they do and they do. Yeah. the vegetables and seeds that you can get from them have mm. in our experience anyway always Perfect. been amazing flavors Indeed. so yeah, yeah i think yeah, if you can find something that like a chinese cucumber which yeah. i've never even it's heard of yeah. <laughs> why not yeah yeah, yeah get it and you get won't it. and unfortunately you just won't find those seeds on your, your packeted varieties no. in garden centers that's the thing these are that's very it. very rare yes brilliant <laughs> and the hta are welcoming a publication from the house of lords aren't they chris mm. so this is a long-awaited publication it's been a year in the making 
from the House of Lords Horticultural Committee Special Inquiry, okay. which is looking at the recognising the importance of UK horticulture of a key deliverer of, of environmental targets. So it's across all areas of horticulture. So, you know, whether it's... Uh, well, it's, it's rural, you know, rural situations, parks, uh, open spaces, production of food, and yeah. also uh, you know garden centres and nurseries, um, and yeah, I, I think it's a very important document, especially as we've seen some interesting stats. Uh, well, which, incredible stats, uh, yeah. aren't they? I mean, mm. basically, they did a survey of five to sixteen-year-olds, mm-hmm. and do you know what percentage can? Can't uh, identify an oak tree. Well, I don't know what, 20, 25, 30%? 82% cannot Goodness identify me. what an oak tree looks like. That's horrendous. That's what? 50% could not identify a bluebell. Oh, right. And one of my favourite summer lawn flowers, the Ooh. dandelion. Oh, yes. Popular <laughs> yellow flowering favourite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Only 42%. Could identify a dandelion. That's I wonder, like, Mm. if you're giving them daisies, do they still make Daisy Jane's children? I mean, would they be able to identify that? That I would would hope they would be able to identify a daisy. Whether they make Daisy Chains, I don't know. But uh, Honestly, Chris, that surprises me. I mean, I appreciate we are in a relatively smaller sector mm. in society, but equally yes. not to be able to recognise an oak tree. An oak tree, yeah, and just general observation. So it basically, does that fall down to the school? Is that an education thing, or is that just a social thing from from parenting? I mean, mm. is, it, is it just well, a skill transfer we we understand, or our peer groups, or are we, is everybody sort of stuck to their screens and not looking at nature? Is that it? Yeah. That Minecraft, mm. the green blocks on that don't really represent anything. They don't indeed. <laughs> the Grassy best way, or you'll never get an oak tree out of one of those uh, those graphics, yeah. will you? No, no. That's it. Well, well, yeah. Well, let's enough. just hope this report moves something in the way of of helping you know to ensure the relevance of what we do in in horticulture, and hopefully to to you know spread the word that actually learning about plants and understanding them is actually. Quite good fun. Mm, definitely. Well, it's great. I mean, we've had a whole life of it, so yeah, it well, yeah. it's definitely kept us too interested. So <laughs> that, that's very that's good. That's the most important thing, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And uh, talking about somebody who's been inspired over the years, and we, we gave him a, a, a mention before, Sir David Attenborough is in the news. Okay. He has been presented uh, with some seeds from the Easter Island. Um, oh, right. Um, basically, to the tropical nurseries in Kew Gardens. So this particular plant um, is basically endemic on the Easter Island. And, and this, uh, basically, the, the, the doctor uh, of the, uh, the archaeological and author and cultural changes of the Easter Islands has basically given Sir David 30 seeds of this particular plant, Sofaro toromoro, uh, which is a flowering plant. Uh, Tree species. I've never heard of it. I have to say, I'll, I'll have. I'll we'll have to it. Google that one we'll, later, yeah, Chris. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that on the link. Um, so zero percent of us know that what one. <laughs> yes, but then if it is endemic to a particular uh, wonderful island, then, yeah. then we, we it's probably a bit rest. rarer than an oak tree, isn't it? <laughs> and so the dandelion. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's going to be good. But it's great, isn't it? That you know, Kew Gardens is seen to be the the place to go with your endangered species. That's brilliant. Fantastic. And, I mean, well, Sir David Attenborough, he's. Mm. Highlighted so many things about nature to all of us, I think, through his lifetime. So sure. only 
fair that he should be donated with such a wonderful so, yeah. sort of present. But yeah, yeah it's, so. it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So watch this space. If you go to Kew Gardens in the next, probably next decade, I'm sure you'll see the trees growing rather well in one of the, the tropical um, palm houses there. Hopefully, yeah. yes. And just in case you're not bored enough yet of us chatting about oak trees, there's <laughs> another one's hit the news. If there is. So... Obviously, that lovely old sycamore in the sycamore gap mm. that was felled. We've got another tree in the mm. news now. It's a 550-year-old oak tree yes. that Charles Darwin may have walked past. Maybe, supposedly, yes, according to the news report. Yes. Yeah. And it's a big issue whether they're going to fell it to make way for a bypass mm. up in Shropshire. But yes. I don't North know. North Relief... Northwest Relief Road yes. is potentially going to have it bulldozed. I mean, yeah. mm. Mm. it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, somebody suggested, you know, just why didn't they make the road a little bit more bendier just to go around it? So that might be the easiest solution rather than removing it. But it's, you know, it's a, I mean, 550-year-old tree has obviously got some presence in the, the landscape, hasn't it? You yeah. know, whether it is linked, it has been dubbed the Darwin tree, but it's it's all supposed, there's no actual proof which that shouldn't be the reason i mean it's an old old tree and it's an ancient oak tree but um yeah it does make you think that some decisions perhaps need a little bit more forethought perhaps mm. um i mean i don't think that you know the, the definitive answer is and i don't know the other side of the story as well because obviously there's always two sides to these uh, these uh, planning objections too but uh, well who, who will see i'm sure in the in the in the weeks to come whether it is uh, it is retained well, I guess the real question would be mm. if it had, if it was such a magnificent mm. tree and mm. it had a tree preservation order on it. Yes. Then bulldozing it for a dual carriageway, I'm guessing, would have been a lot harder. But yeah, but maybe because no, uh, it's just in a hedgerow on a farmer's field, then it loses a little bit of its yeah, uh, houses it, as well. It's possibly yeah. not. No. Not seen by some as the most important tree, but so, at the end of the day, mm. five hundred and fifty year old tree. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's certainly sucked a bit of carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere certainly in its time, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we'll have seen a few stories over the five hundred and fifty <laughs> yeah. years too. That's true. Definitely. Yeah, and the other story uh, piece, which only literally dropped the uh, last couple of days, uh, that's why I've tried to include it in the podcast today, is the uh, the f- the the flat fens of eastern England were once dominated by forests of yew trees. Mm. Who would have I've, known? Yeah, I mm. only you a yew forest. I don't yew think forest. I've ever been. To a yew forest. No. Yew trees are such beautiful, oh, graceful gosh. trees. Beautiful indeed. They, I, I, it would be nice to find out if there are any yew forests anywhere in the UK and go mm. and have a look at one. Mm. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I had no idea the fens were covered in yew trees 5,000 yeah. years ago. Yeah, so, so the, the reason we know this is that the farmers have been suddenly, um, basically by obviously doing their uh, earthworks and... Uh, soil pr- cultivation actually been exposing ancient uh, fossilized yew bark. Mm. Um, I mean, well, it's whole looks yeah. like whole sort of logs and branches yeah. and roots and all sorts. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah, it's in- amazing. So they've been preserved in peat over the over the years. So obviously, the peat has, has obviously acted as a, a preserving agent. And, yep. uh, just like I suppose. Um, we, we see over the years that you know, if you go to Whitby and you see the uh, Araucaria, the, the monkey puzzle tree, which is forced down and creates the, the, the Whitby jet in yep. the same sort of way. That's a form of preservation, isn't it? This is exactly mm. the same way. And, uh, yeah, um, quite, quite amazing. 
Um, and it's, it's obviously made, made the headlines in a lot of the newspapers and on, on the, the BBC website. But obviously you, you have to go back because obviously somebody said here finding these uh, old, old trees in the fence it was completely unexpected. It would be like just turning a corner in rural Cambridgeshire and seeing an Egyptian pyramid. Mm. You wouldn't expect it. So, yeah, it is a real rarity. Um, but, it, you know, again, what happened 4,000 years ago for that all to happen? Probably climate change. Maybe, yeah. The, yeah. the, the North Sea decided to go into the fens and mm. flood the flood area, the area and obviously yeah. seawater and new trees, I don't suppose, mix very well. Nope. And, yeah, that yep. would have killed them all off and then they yep. just rot down and or not as the case may be they, because they've been preserved, yes. preserved in the peat. So, yeah. yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Excellent. Good stuff. So... Mm. I guess that takes us to that part of the show where you give us some jobs to do. Yes, and it's December, Brilliant. so I'm going, to, I'm going to be fairly kind. Good <laughs> if stuff. I can Thanks, yeah. Chris. So yeah. what should we be doing at yeah. the moment? Well, I suppose, yeah, apart from obviously the Christmas preparations and the festivities, um, a few things you might want to be doing. Certainly, I'm going to be doing with my, my fruit trees. I'm going to be giving them a, a winter wash. Um, yeah. So remove those mummified fruits, which often appear on, you know, which basically are, are basically harbouring potential disease and pests mainly yep. the pests too and if you can give you your plants and trees then a, a really good brushing with some uh, uh, winter winter wash with a growing success one we, we do and you find at the garden centre it's probably the best one to yep. apply gets into all the nooks and crannies so if you can almost like power wash your trees but at a, at a gentle setting shall we say yeah um, uh, that would that would be good um Obviously, the weather has been so changeable, and we've had some obviously nasty storms over the last few few weeks. So make sure you everything's nicely secured. You know, especially planting trees with National Tree Week and uh, putting any new plants in. You know, putting in new hedging. Make sure Check you, your stakes, stakes and the ties. ties. Yeah. yeah, make sure they're all in there as well. And likewise, you know, was you know the leaves were very late in coming down, but obviously the laying in some parts of your garden. Make sure they're you know cleared. Yeah. Use them for um, leaf mould, and obviously make sure the area is nicely swept and not a, a trip or a slip hazard, because obviously that's the last thing you want to happen running up to the festivities. Is uh, uh, a having, sore wrist or a sore something? Wrist, yeah, yeah, definitely. Worse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I, I was looking at my my taps outside. Yeah, make sure you you insulate them if you're, they are very exposed. If we're getting down to below sort of point. Yeah. yeah. So you you know you can buy off the shelf. Um, tap covers um, or you can just lag them temporarily unless you have to have you know good access to to the water supply during the during the winter so make sure they're all there as well complete your winter digging so there you go that's maybe you should do that after christmas maybe your winter digging Mm. so you can burn off some calories yeah so that would be good but obviously if you can rough dig your your soils especially if you're on clay soil and expose that uh, to the, the the weather that will help to break it down for okay. uh, creating a good tilth next next year yep. and if and if you haven't already done it obviously get out there and uh, continue your, your rose prunings as well especially climbers if you've not trimmed them back uh, just yet they can be cut back by half so whatever height they are take them down okay. by half that should should be good yep. and uh, get yourself uh, and if you haven't got a good pair of secateurs put that on your Christmas wish list as well because uh, I know so we've got the uh, the uh, Eva Sharp secateurs in the shop at the moment Peter they're really nice and we've got some nice okay. wolf um, secateurs in too so yep. yeah treat yourself um, so you've got something good to well, keep there secateurs mm. I can remember when we went to Pershaw mm. on the equipment mm. list there was a pair of Felcos oh yes yes 
I've still got mine today. I have to say, I've got mine. Mine are not in the best of state. In fact, you, you can get spare parts for Felcos, can't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I meant mine needs a bit of an overhaul. But yes, uh, good. They don't go wrong, do they? I they mean, don't. They, they, if you look after them and mm. spray them with a bit of WD 40 every now and again, you can clean them. Yeah, and keep, yeah, and you can get some nice new blades if they've got a little bit, or you obviously get a, a blade sharpener as well, can't you, to, yep. to keep them in good good condition as well um and then really it's, it's the nice things to do at this time of year isn't it we choose a christmas tree yeah yeah <laughs> that's my on my job list yes yeah. um, yeah definitely get a get a nice christmas tree yeah. and what do you reckon chris yeah. uh, should we go for a potted tree or a cut tree i i you see you see cut trees are farmed they're proper they're very sustainable these days aren't they so well, the ones we sell yeah. here are all yeah. grown in england yeah so, so uk grown yeah, yeah the, uh, I, i'm going to say Hampshire, mm-hmm. I think they come from. Yeah, yeah. Um, so somewhere down south, and yeah. uh, mm. they're, they're not a million miles away. No, nope. they're replanted. Yes, every year, so mm. it's not like you're exactly cutting yeah. down forests just no. for the decoration. Yeah. I think. I think uh, to answer your question, I think if you want a smallish tree, perhaps up to you know four foot, so a small tree in the for the house, uh, and you just want a nice a potted tree works really well. If you want anything taller than that, I think I would go for a nice Nordsman. Yeah, uh, with those you know large needles, obviously no drop or little drop um, attributes to them. I think they can make a lovely tree. Just make sure you you keep them really well watered. I think that's the key, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. It always amazes me. You chop the bottom off the tree mm-hmm. and um, stick it inside and put it in. Like I've got one of these tree stands mm-hmm. with a sort of bowl of water on it that it sits in, and generally the next day you're topping it up with about a pint of water. Yeah, and yeah. over the Sort of festive period, it takes less and less water Ooh. as it sort of slowly dies off. So, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. It is important, I think, to make yeah. sure you do water them yeah. a bit. Um, yeah. Certainly at but the start, definitely, and also make yeah position of your tree as well, isn't it? So make sure it's away from any direct heat for obvious safety reasons. But yeah, keep it away from the radiator. If it has to be near a radiator, maybe turn the radiator down a little bit, perhaps. Yeah. But uh, certainly uh, somewhere where it's cool, the coolest part of your room is always the best place for a Christmas tree. Um, I think in the scheme of things too, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's always the case, isn't it? You want it in your living room so mm. you can see it, and then on Christmas Day, all the children can come down and enjoy yeah. opening their presents from Indeed. under the tree. Which, yeah. like you say, it's not always the best room in the house. No. Somewhere like a cooler hallway, or yeah. Indeed, yeah, it might lose. Have you bit, might yeah. be better, but yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a central point, isn't it? Central focus of uh, of internet. And I yeah, suppose we, could, we should give a, a shout out to to Ripple Africa. Again, yes, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, we're we're helping our our international charity, who are locally based uh, in Buckingham. So we're uh, we're flying the flag for for Ripple Apple again. Yeah, we give them a small donation for every tree we sell, Mm -hmm. and they go off and plant a new one. um, Yeah, and hopefully rewood an area. Mm -hmm. And there's something else in the news recently, wasn't there, about the Kenyan? That's right. Yeah, tree planting. I think was it fifteen billion trees they're transplanting Kenya. So what they want is every individual in Kenya to plant 10 trees a year. So after 10 years, that's 100 trees. Um, and yeah, so the, 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 the 15 million is their, obviously their final goal. Apparently that part, of Ke- that, that part of the country is very underpopulated with trees. It only has about 8% tree cover, whereas right. globally we're about 30%. So they want to increase the amount of, and obviously that's going to help with the CO2. Uh, well, 15 well. billion trees is, mm. yeah. Yeah. It's an enormous number, but I suppose 
yeah. I'm going to say some of them won't make it, mm. um, but equally, the ones that don't make it will yeah. rot down and improve yeah. the soil. And if you're doing that much planting, that's right. You would hope it would make a massive difference to the sort of climate out mm. there. And um, but but not only is it is it tree planting, but they're actually going to get a day's day's bank a bank holiday effectively to do that tree planting, wasn't it? That was the incredible part of the story. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So, that's one. So, uh, yeah, good, good on that. So, uh, yeah, so Ripple Africa, we'll, we'll make sure there's a, a, a link on the, on the show notes to, uh, to our, our, our charity this Christmas. Brilliant. Great stuff. Okay, Chris, well, well... Yeah, that's another one. That's another year. Definitely. And have a wonderful Christmas. And yeah, you, yeah. Thank you to all our listeners for listening. Indeed. And Indeed. hope yes. you've enjoyed the yeah. show. And, yeah, and if you do enjoy uh, Dig It, please, please tell your friends and, and subscribe. And uh, let us know if you want... to. If you'd like to hear other guests, we'd love to hear your uh, your views and uh, yeah, any or any subjects you uh, yeah, mm. any subjects or people you want us to yeah. try and get a hold of yeah. an interview. And uh, yeah, it's been another great year. It has indeed. Thanks, Thanks Peter. Chris. Today's show was brought to you by Buckingham Garden Centre and Nurseries. The show was hosted by Chris Day and Peter Brown. The show was produced by Peter Brown. And our thanks to Chilton Music Therapy for providing the music. Thanks for listening. At Chilton Music Therapy, we want everyone to know the difference that music can make in their lives. From parents and their premature babies in hospital, to grandparents with dementia. We provide music therapy and community music services to people of all ages and needs across England. We work both digitally and in person in people's homes, care homes, schools, hospitals and hospices. Find out more at Chilton Music Therapy dot co dot uk